Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back the fuck up. Hello. How are you, my friends? Yo, what is good, my peoples? It is your boy, Big D to the Rizlerky. In the house. You know how it is. Yeah, we are definitely living in interesting times. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's just so much shit to be talking about these days politically and looking at the media and what's happening in the world. It's definitely fucking heartbreaking. People are divided in a lot of fronts, but I also feel like we have to be distracted to a certain point as well, because if we're not, it just feels like the shit just consumes you. Like if you're watching the news too much or if you're just paying too much attention to what's going on, man, it just starts to eat up at you and you start feeling down, you start feeling depressed, you start sleeping more, especially without this work-life balance happening at the moment. We're literally just sitting at home and in Melbourne, we're still under lockdown and we got the curfew at eight o'clock so you can't even go to Woolworths. You can't go to Macca's after 8 o'clock. There's fucking cop cars and sirens. I swear like someone in politics has told all the police, even if you're just driving past the neighborhood, just blare the fucking siren because it'll just scare people into staying in their homes. And the tactics from Daniel Andrews are just fucking unbelievable. But we're not going to talk about that today. I wanted to do a part two to all this shit, and I will, man, because I kind of feel like I have a lot more to say. After listening to my first podcast on the Melbourne lockdown, I kind of felt like I didn't even say anything, really. <laughs> and it's a fine line because, you know, I'm still employed and I still have a job, even though I'm on JobKeeper and I'm on, you know, I've got three months off and I'm doing my part so people with kids can go to work. I have to be careful in what I say. As much as I want to cut loose and give my 100% thoughts on this situation, it's not that simple sometimes. But yeah, like I said, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to go back to hip-hop because this is a hip-hop show, right? And even though a hip-hop show always has social commentary, we're going to talk about hip-hop albums and we're going to talk about this list that I saw earlier this week. And it's kind of hard coming up with ideas sometimes and then just something catches you, you know, at the corner of your eye type of shit. So I was looking through my records once again, trying to thin out and I just saw a couple of soundtracks. I actually have them in front of me right here on vinyl. Uh, The first one is The Show. The second one is Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. Then we've got The Myrtles, The Case soundtrack. We got Sunset Park and we got Friday. So I don't have many soundtracks. They're pretty much the only ones that I have on vinyl. I used to have a shitload of soundtracks on CD, but two or three weeks ago, I sold the rest of my CDs. And part of me was actually thinking like, don't sell all your CDs, like keep some of this shit as reference. And and the other part of me was just hell bent on getting my collection out. I was just like, man, it's time for a lot of this shit to go. Yeah, I kind of regret 
maybe not keeping a tiny little bit more, maybe my soundtracks, because soundtracks have meant so much to me over the years. I don't really talk about it that much, but I kind of feel like soundtracks are, you know, a little bit forgotten from the 90s. If you grew up in the 90s, you ask anybody that grew up in the 90s about soundtracks. Like, they were a big deal back then. They were a massive deal because we didn't have the internet and we didn't have these little snippets of the background, like what was going on in the background. You'd get your album and that would be it you might get an article in the source you might get to peep your favorite rapper in in a movie somewhere and that's when the soundtrack came in like if you look at who's the man soundtrack and honestly i think who's the man is one of the greatest hip-hop movies of all time just the amount of people that are in it uh crisscross and the performance by naughty by nature and you got the dudes from house of pain in there fab five freddy and the list is just endless and it's just funny as hell a movie like that these days would be everyone would be jumping on it for political political correctness and shit like the scientist asian scientist dude man like he's funny as fuck in that movie but yeah the soundtracks fire many a soundtrack got recorded and there were just tracks that didn't really make it onto the artist albums like i'm looking at sunset park man we've got like mob deep back at you you know alias on their groove theory which was huge i spoke about that on my r&b episode and we got onyx on here big mike junior mafia tupac Hi Till I Die I actually really like that track even though I'm not the biggest Puck fan Ghostface Killer featuring Raekwon Motherless Child I'm actually not the biggest fan of that song and uh, The Dog Pound just dogging you know (laughs) what a fucking title what a name to a track man just dogging fucking you gotta love that shit so looking at this list, it was put together in 2012, so it is kind of old. The guy that put it together is Matt Barone. I'm not sure if he's uh, related to Robbie or Raymond, but um, we got <laughs> a bad attempt at a joke there, I guess. Um, it's on Complex and shit, and it starts off at 25, and it goes down to number one. I'm going to kind of go through these fairly quickly and just give my thoughts, because some of them I do remember bumping, and I some of them I you know i had till basically a couple weeks back and some of them i just don't even remember the movie so the the first one at 25 is boys in the hood and that one released in 1991 of course rest in peace to john singleton because he just put together some of my favorite movies of all time and because of those movies we had great soundtracks not just boys in the hood but like poetic justice as well and it was a banging soundtrack with park and janet and shit there were a lot of dope artists on that too so I kind of feel like this soundtrack was a little bit too early. There wasn't too much happening hip-hop-wise. I mean, there was. By 91, there was a lot of shit happening. You had Tribe Called Quest stuff coming out and Thaylar and what are they talking about? They're talking about NWA and EPMD being on here and, um, you know, tracks by Yo-Yo and Compton's Most Wanted as well, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but I do respect. So if you really want to, like, know why, it's it's just basically because I think MC8 can't rap. I think he's just OG of the game and shit but I don't think he's the greatest rapper in the world but we'll leave that for another day at number 24 we have Bullworth which I've never really even heard of it does say almost forgive Warren Beatty for ridiculously dressing up in hip hop gear embarrassing white rap fans Uh, I have seen memes of this dude it's talking about ghetto superstar old dirty I don't really like that track this came out in 1998 I'll tell you right now the RZA by 1998 was doing some weird shit 
bit. Wu-Tang Forever had come out. It wasn't really what the fans were hoping it was going to be. It was just a little bit too clean cut. Even though it's a dope piece of work, but it wasn't what uh, real Wu-Tang fans knew Wu-Tang for. And RZA was going into like the whole Bobby Digital thing and um, that was a little bit later. But So yeah, uh, not too familiar with that one. Bullworth at 24, I'm just going to move on. So Cradle to the Grave, this is uh, Rough Riders, Def Jam, DMX, Flick. Not the worst flick in the world and uh, it's one of the five soundtracks I think that are like done after the 2000s because most of the soundtracks on this list are in the 90s. Talks about M.O.P., Capone and Oriega stomped shit out you, clips, and we're just going to move on. Tales from the Hood, I'm not too familiar with either, so I'm just going to jump over that one and we're going to go straight into Ghost Dog. Now, Ghost Dog is one of the dopest hip-hop movies, in my opinion, and um, I just love the whole kind of like Code of the Samurai thing and just the RZA, you know, RZA's part in it. The Beats, one of my favorite movies, and it's actually a really dope soundtrack. That was one of the CDs that I sold a couple of weeks ago as well. So I don't really want to go through each one of these. I just want to name a few that are my favorites, like Soul in the Hole. That's one of my favorites. The Friday soundtrack is at 19, which I think it should have been a lot lower, at least in the top 10. High School High also should have been in the top 10. If you look at the tracks on there, they're amazing. Baller Blockin', never heard of it. Belly, which is really dope. There were some real bangers on that. I mean, I really do like the movie, and there are honestly some really standout tracks on that soundtrack. If you haven't peeped the Belly soundtrack, you should definitely give it a listen. The next one on the list is Rhyme and Reason at 15, also one of my favorites of all times. In the 90s, I remember seeing like little snippets, just thinking, man, this is crazy. And just seeing behind the scenes, it's a really dope documentary, and it's a really dope soundtrack. At number 14, we have Murder Was The Case, also another favourite of mine and I think it should be in the top 10 when you look at albums like The Chronic and you look at Snoop's Doggy Style and you look at, you know, even All Eyes On Me, Puck and that whole Death Row Dynasty. There's nothing that really sums up the Death Row Dynasty more than the Murder Was The Case soundtrack, even though the movie only went for like, what, seven minutes or some shit like that and then they threw in a whole bunch of film clips and they made the video a lot longer. Back in the 90s, like, everyone had that video everyone that I knew had that video and is you know the Charlie Murphy acting it's pretty fucking dope the whole devil thing and I think they did really well with that for it to be a number 14 a bit of a trip I don't know what the fuck they're thinking and then at 13 you got I'm about it which is on no limit and I'm not really the biggest fan of this one Silk the Shocker and Sea Murder and Mia Rex and I wasn't really the biggest fan of No Limit in the 90s No Limit always kind of got looked at as a bit of a joke label in Australia. I don't know if that was just my crew that kind of looked at it that way, but I remember... You know, in Adelaide, a lot of people weren't playing a lot of shit from No Limit. It's, it's not to say that it doesn't play an important part in hip-hop and in hip-hop history, especially the label and what Master P did. It's just that I wasn't really a fan of that music. Uh, next, we've got Streets is Watching, a 12. Uh, I don't think the movie's the greatest, you know, the clips or whatever the fuck is the greatest, and I don't really think that the soundtrack is the greatest. So, if anything, I'd rather have paid in full here and... Um, yeah, I hope Paid in Full is on this list, and I'm also not seeing Space Jam yet, because Space Jam's an amazing soundtrack, like, it's not really like a gangster movie or whatever, but, and it's probably not even considered a hip-hop movie, but it, I mean, the soundtrack is like mostly hip-hop and R&B, so it should be on this list, right? This isn't a list for the movies, this is a list for the soundtracks, yeah?
And number 11, we have Get Rich or Die Trying, 50 Cent. I'm not even really too familiar with that soundtrack. I do like the movie. I remember liking the tunes from the movie, I guess. But I'm not really too familiar with the soundtrack. It talks about Prodigy, Mace, Lloyd Banks... Uh, and Forgotten Game Replacement Spider Loke. Not really too familiar with that soundtrack. I think that soundtrack should have been up at 25. And So yeah, I'm not really agreeing with a lot of the shit that's on this list. Who's the Man is at number 10. Amazing movie. Soundtrack came out in 93. There was a lot of banging ass tracks on there, man. Karis One, Ice-T, Criss Cross, Busta Rhymes, House of Pain, Pete Rock Seal, Smooth, Biggie Smalls. I honestly think that, you know, the Who's the Man movies in the top five hip-hop movies of all time and this soundtrack maybe should have been further down the list, closer to one. Then we got the Menace to Society soundtrack, which is pretty dope. Who's on this one? Ant Banks, Cold 187, um, Cocaine, The Lynch Mob. Very LA, West Coast sounding. I guess, you know, Menace to Society did take part on the West Coast. Even though Menace to Society, I kind of feel like the guy that's putting this list together is putting the list together from a movie standpoint because the movie was dope and the soundtrack was alright. I think Menace to Society definitely should have been further down like towards the 25. We're moving on. Sunset Park, one that I have on Wax, 1996. Man, some of the tracks on here are just crazy. I just read them out before. I won't go back into that. The Juice soundtrack. Uh, what do we got on here? Eric B. Rakim. Know the Ledge, of course. One of the dopest tracks of all time. We got So You Want to be a gangster cypress hill too short again there's no tupac but it's all good so what oh so puck's not even on the juice soundtrack holy shit that's crazy since tupac shakur is one of the stars of juice you think that the soundtrack would feature at least one original song from the legendary rapper juice legacy is the exceptional performance he gives in the movie holy crap i never realized that so the juice soundtrack doesn't even have a track from puck on there Man, that's fucking crazy. So yeah, that was Juice at 7. Tupac's not on the soundtrack. Um, we're going to move on to the next one, which I actually think I kind of agree with. This is the New Jersey Drive soundtrack 1 and 2. Heaps of banging ass tracks on this. I actually think I still have this in my car. This was one of the ones that I didn't sell along with the Street Fighter soundtrack. There were just a couple that I couldn't get rid of. So yeah, New Jersey Drive deserves to be in the top 10. Pretty banging. The show's at number 5 pretty banging it should be at number five for where it was in hip-hop back then it was a pretty big deal when the show came out as a documentary i don't think there were too many documentaries out even back then it was like rhyme and reason and the show documentary and we had the murder was the case movie so there wasn't a lot of like docos out yet on hip-hop pre-internet of course we didn't get to see a lot of behind the scenes of your favorite stars and shit like that so the show definitely needs to be in there judgment night another dope one 1993 call it the awesome culmination of public enemy and anthrax's effort <laughs> man that track bring the noise and then uh what else we got um milio estevez cuba gooding jr thriller judgment night we got onyx we got sonic youth we got cypress hill and it's, i always loved seeing that even back in the early 90s everything wasn't always so hip-hop like you had your festival hip-hop rappers who like cypress hill but then there'd be a sonic youth track on there as well whereas these days people be like what the fuck like if you're a hip-hop fan you definitely listen to a lot of different 
genres you didn't just listen to one fucking genre which i really liked about the 90s i mean that was where i was at man i still listen to like nirvana and pearl jam and shit back then so i can't speak for everybody but i've always been a sonic youth fan as well it's good to see that that actually made it onto the judgment night soundtrack and one of the soundtracks that i couldn't let go of street fighter because just the track pandemonium on there and you know even says it in here and the far side pandemonium you know that's one of the greatest tracks of all time seriously um nas ll cool j on there and shit at number three some priority came out in 1994 second on the list is above the rim which is a pretty dope soundtrack you know the track pain by park actually really like Warren G, Nate Dogg's uh, Regulate, which was, you know, pretty much one of the biggest hip-hop songs of the 90s. I'm pretty sure Warren G retired after <laughs> Regulate. He was just like, you know what, I never have to work another day in my life. It's crazy how one song, one hit song can pretty much pay for the rest of your life. I think who was I talking about? Baby Got Back. I saw that shit in Hip Hop Evolutions and he so mix a lot when he's talking about how that track's literally paid for his whole life, you know, but people using it in movies and he still gets mad checks in the mail and shit, man. And he was he was saying some crazy number as well. He's like, would you believe that that one track made me close to $70 million or some shit? Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was like, it was some shit like that. I'm like, fucking hell, man. You record one track and it just pays for the rest of your life and you're living fucking that large. Uh, do I agree at number two? Above the rim at number two? Fuck. I don't really know. The movie's all right. And, you know, I definitely remember it being pretty big in the 90s, man. Everybody really loved Above the Rim. And at number two... Fucking hell. I would have rather have put the Friday soundtrack at number two, to be honest with you. And then at number one, it's a movie that didn't even come out in... <laughs> didn't come out in the 90s and there's only about four or five on this whole list that didn't come out in the 90s a few came out in 2000 shit like that this one came out in 2002 and of course it is on shady interscope and it is the eight mile soundtrack so not really sure if you guys agree with that shit you uh fuck man i don't think i agree with this shit and there is some seriously dope fucking soundtracks on this list and mum spaghetti makes it at number one man fuck i'm just scrolling through trying to see like i don't know so the title is the 25 best hip-hop movie soundtracks of all time i guess it's not the 90s ones even though 20 of them are from the 90s yeah what do you guys think about that shit mum spaghetti comes in at one let me tell you something about soundtracks and in the 90s like i said soundtracks were a really big fucking deal i'm going to tell you a little story if you've come this far into the podcast congratulations Thank you for still being here with me. I'm going to tell you this little story that I don't really want to say because I think it has a lot of negative connotations and shit like that. But there was a store in Adelaide, Arundel Mall, it was three levels. I think it was Brashes. So the hip hop section was down in the basement. And the floor that was like level to Rundle Mall, that was like where everything was. And then on the third floor upstairs, you had games, uh, PC games, and you had soundtracks. The hip-hop CDs in the basement used to get ganked so much that they used to remove the CDs from the cases. So they had these little plastic slip-in cases. You'd slip the CD inside and then if you look at the top of a CD, it has two little slots. They used to put this little plastic bit up in one of the slots. It would lock the plastic thing to the CD, right? 
and it had a beeper in there. If you walked out the doors with a CD, it would just start beeping and shit. But what I figured out that you could do is that you could just get a school compass and you could literally just jack the little pin out the top and you could slide a CD out. So I started just doing hip hop CDs at first and it was pretty good for a while. And then they just started removing the CDs from the cases. So I'd literally get home with like 10 or 15 CDs in my bag or I'd get onto the bus and shit and there'd be no fucking CDs in the cases. I was just devoed, you know, <laughs> I was just like this little thieving ass motherfucker. And then I just started getting creative with it, man. I was like, oh, well, fuck, man. CDs were expensive back then, all like $30. And for like a high school kid to like be spending 30 bucks on a CD, you better have liked that shit. You couldn't burn things back then. You could get tapes off other people and stuff. And that's mostly you'd get your hands on a lot of things. But, you know, having the CD was like the dopest thing that you could have in the early 90s before, you know, the wax game started which was a whole different fucking level so i used to get orders from school I used to literally like <laughs> get onto the back of the bus i always sat on the back of the bus and i'd open my bag up and i just stopped carrying fucking school books by year 11 and year 12 because i had like jag watches i had like calvin klein underwear i had fucking jag wallets i had cds in there i had pc games i was your one-stop shop bro and like people would fucking put in orders and i'd get the shit for him. I used to mostly get soundtracks because they didn't take the soundtracks out of the cases. And back in the days, I didn't even realize this at the time, but all the dopest tracks, all these tracks that never made it onto albums and they were like little sprinkles of your favorite artists. Like Mob Deep used to do a lot of shit on soundtracks. Wu-Tang used to do a lot of shit on soundtracks. So you'd get them and you'd be like, yo, fucking I'm really digging these little songs. Like even if you look at like the Space Jam soundtrack, which wasn't on this list because I guess it's not a hip hop movie, but the soundtrack is a hip hop soundtrack. It's one of the dopest albums, I think, that definitely should have been in this list. Yeah, I used to get creative and then with the money, of course, that I used to make from getting games and different CDs, like some people would want me to fucking get Janet Jackson for them or they'd want me to get like, I can't even remember what was big back then, Nirvana CDs and Pearl Jam CDs. So I'd get all that money and I'd go and I'd buy the shit that I wanted to buy. You know, I'd go buy these rare singles that had remixes on them and things like that. And, you know, I remember back then in year 10 and shit, I had this Walkman, a Sony Walkman, which was like from Japan and shit. It was one of those that was as small as the tape when they had a remote on the headphones, which was crazy back then. I think it was worth like six, seven hundred dollars. I didn't have a fucking job. Like, how do you get one of those? Yeah, I was a bad little fucker. And, um... <laughs> It didn't really take too long for the people at Brashes to catch on. I wasn't really welcome in there anymore. Like at certain points, I used to just walk in there and I'd have like five staff standing around me and shit. So I was like, man, this shit's fucking done. But this is how crafty I was. I sold it, not told it. I sold my compass trick. I actually kept it a mad secret until I sold it to two dudes. And we're just going to call them Mr. S and Mr. N if you're out there listening. I was an entrepreneur franchising before Gary V made that shit cool. He <laughs> was a little bad bastard. It was good while it lasted, you know, and the soundtracks definitely were at the top of my hit list. So... <laughs> Oh man, I really hate admitting things like this, you know, um, the 90s were crazy, especially in Adelaide, and a lot of people growing up in Adelaide will know exactly what I'm talking about, 
you know, the fucking, they, the, what do they call it? They call it the city of churches. And I had this line in one of my raps. It's not the city of churches. It's the city of crops, kids with no purpose. Fuck the pick, pick up the pen and burn this. That was literally one of my lines. And I was like 16 years old or some shit. So Adelaide was off the fucking hook back then. And there were certain circles that just, you know, fuck me. If you guys could have seen the shit that was happening back then. I loved it. I really fucking loved it. And maybe I'll open up a little bit more about me growing up in Adelaide in the 90s because it was hectic as fuck. Yeah. But, um, yo, I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Been recording for 38 minutes. I literally haven't even had breakfast yet. I really love coming in here with a clear mind and just spitting some game and spitting some shit. I didn't really go too deep into a lot of the soundtracks, but what do you guys think? Was there stuff on the list that shouldn't have been on the list or stuff that should have made it to the list? I guess putting lists together, it's all subjective to the person who's doing it. I think it should have been fine tweaked a little bit more. I think the guy was kind of taking into consideration the movies a little bit more than the soundtracks. Like I said, like the Murder Was The Case soundtrack, if you want to look at the Death Row Dynasty, they're all on that. Even the Friday soundtrack. Friday was one of the biggest movies of the 90s, and I'm not just talking about in hip-hop circles. My little cousins and fucking people that were just like not into hip-hop knew about Friday. It was one of the biggest laugh movies of the fucking, you know, 90s and shit. Cube killed it on that one. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As usual, I hope that you learned something. I hope that you had a little bit of a chuckle at the Drizzlax trying to fucking navigate his way through these lists. I'm not really a big fan of working through things like track by track and list by list, but I guess you got to start off somewhere. And I think a lot of this shit's good practice for the future. And I definitely want to keep doing podcasts. And I love this shit more than I love doing YouTube. I'm going to leave it at that. Yo. Thank you so much for chilling with me. It's your boy, Big D to the Sizlecki. Let's fucking put this music on and shit. Do this outro. So yeah, like I said, thank you for chilling with me. Always appreciated. Really love all the support. You know, I'll see you guys over on Instagram at OG Talks. Hit me up. And uh, for now, peace. Look at the little bunny, look at the little bunny.